this is what hunger is. This is what expectation is. God, my problem is not a little problem. My mountain is not a little mountain. But if you don't show up tonight, there is nothing I can do. So if you'd say tonight that God tonight... I don't care whoever's around me. If they can worship like I worship, if they if they don't can't expect like I can expect, please tell your neighbor to move out my way just a little bit and let me worship my God. Come on, lift your hands and worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. And I broke I worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Yes, thank you. Celebrate I. Romanera masotaya. Retia sotai. Landere bekayatai. I will not wait for it no more, God. I will cross this mountain. I will break this boundary. I will come out of this. Today is my day. Yendere be shonere be I. Yeah, 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 yeah. No more hindrances, no more waiting. I got to go forward. Hey, I'm desperate for you, God. I'm desperate for you, God. I'm desperate for you, God. God, when you come down and you check my desperate, when you check me, my temperature, I want to be set on desperation. I want to be set on desperation. There is no nothing no man can do. I need you. I need you, God. Hey, I need you, God. I need you to hold it together. I need you to hold me together, God. Hold my mind together. Hold my heart together. Help me not look back, God. Help me not walk backwards. I want to go forward. Glory, glory, glory. We bless your name, God. 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 The adversary won't get the benefit anymore in my life. Come on, he's not going to take the benefits in my life anymore. Come on, tell somebody I'm taking my seat back. <laughs> Come on, tell them I'm taking my seat back. <laughs> yeah, I got to get my lick back. <laughs> I, I'm going to take my seat back. My seat, hey, my, I, I scooted over too much. I got to get my seat back. It's time to get my seat back. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We praise your name. the beauty of holiness righteous father we love you we need you and we thank you tonight for being God all by yourself we honor you God
It's only because of you that we're here. Ah, we take no credit. It's only because of you that we're here. Ah, we give it all to you, God. It's only because of you that we're here. And we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Regulate our minds tonight. Regulate our minds tonight. That we may know the hope and the calling for which you have called us. We thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for your everlasting love. For there is no one like you. No one like you. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. For you are the idol here, God. You are the all, I am here, God. And we thank you. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. And if you love him, can you give him a hand clap in this place? <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, give him a little more. Tell, come on, now tell him what you, what's, tell him, hey, it's my night tonight. Clap up for your night tonight. It's my night tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How many are excited about being in the house of God? Amen. How many are excited about what God is about to do? How many know we don't gather in God? God always going to show up if we, we're going to gather in his name. Amen. Amen. So we thank God tonight and we thank God for what he's about to do. It's wonderful to see all of you. Give yourself a hand clap tonight. Amen. I don't think it's a mistake for you being here tonight. I believe you're going to, I know that you're going to be blessed tonight. Amen. I want you to give our apostle and Pastor Cindy a hand for being here. Come on. And I'm not going to take too much more time. I know he's going to need a lot of more time than I have. But I, I want us to be ready. If you have your notebooks, I want you to get your spirits prepared for what God is about to do. How many are you ready for a download? Amen. Amen. So I was trying to empty you out so you have room for the next download. Come on, sometime I got to empty it out so I can have room for the download. So I'm believing that God is going to download some new information, some clarity, amen? And you are not going to be without your next level of understanding, amen? Tonight we have the privilege to be in the house uh, amongst someone that I believe is from God. There are men that are from God. Amen. There are men of God, but there are men that are from God. And and when I met Apostle, you know, in a closed meeting, you know, I went home in my heart. <laughs> I didn't have the words to say what would happen. <laughs> and so that day still, it, it still gets to me sometimes. But I believe he's, he's put that same effect on you who've known him. Amen. So we're going to pray and believe God for tonight that we're open and ready. Yes. And if he's ready, I'm not going to hold him up. And listen, really grasp. I want you to write down and really grasp whatever God is giving you tonight. Amen. With all thy getting, get what? I get understanding. So don't just get it, but let's get understanding. Amen. Without further ado. I want y'all to give Apostle Howard Hatcher a hand. You good? Amen. Love you. 
All right. All right. Please be seated. And um, you might bring me down a little bit. I got this internal microphone. All right. Um, someone said I'm hungry. And and hungry is 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 one of those terms that uh, it literally means I don't care about the etiquette of it. I just need it in my face. I need to eat it, right? And I think sometimes we get caught up in pomp, circumstance, and presentation. And, and I'm just taking a moment to find my groove. Uh, it, when you are desperate, you don't care about pomp. Can you hear me? You don't care about presentation. It, it can, they could have dropped the pile on the floor, but if you're hungry enough, it's going to look good, right? And, and, and sometimes in life, you hit, the, <laughs> you hit that place where I need it. And so I'm hoping that you are as hungry as I am excited and anticipatory of transitions in grace and transitions in glory. Um, I'm just looking for the vein. There's a vein out here in the realm of the spirit. So I'm just spending a moment looking for it. You never want to be so quick to rush into what you've got that you miss the moment preceding. And, and I believe that's one of the revelatory downfalls in the body of Christ today. We predetermine what God's going to do. We predetermine what God's going to say. We know what God's going to do before he knows what he's going to do. And because that's where we are at, that's why we are where we are at. Right? And, 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 and because I have predetermined what God's going to do, I have a preset expectation of how he's going to manifest, if he's going to manifest, how he's going to manifest. And, and this is a dilemma in the body of Christ, which means God, in, in reality, I want, I want to show you something here. God will actually manifest and perform according to your expectation. He, Jesus even talks like that. Jesus says things like, according to your... All right, somebody come on. Okay, uh, come, come on out. Uh, come on back. According to your... Somebody shout faith. According to your faith, so be it unto you. And if it's not according to your faith, guess what? It's not going to be unto you. God said there are some things that are only going to manifest according to your ability to believe me. It's not my desire to do it. It's your desire and ability to believe me. And if you don't pierce whatever is blocking the ability to believe, you'll be like a hamster on the wheel. But tonight I want to show you how to get off the wheel and get off the circular patterns that have trapped 90% of the religious folk in your family have been trapped in religious patterns. Now admit that if you want to admit it. Admit that most of the people you know are trapped in religious patterns and they are somewhat predictable in Jesus. And, and, and you have become predictable. And when you are predictable, your testimony betrays you. When you walk with the greatness of God and the glory of God and the might of God, don't tell me you shouldn't be going from faith to faith and glory to glory. And you ought to have faith upon faith testimony, testimony after testimony. But when did God go dormant? 
See, I, I hear a lot of talk and I hear a lot of Christian slang, but I'm looking for the believer that wants to pierce through the realm. Do you want to pierce through the realm that makes devils hunt you down? Do you want to pierce through the realm that makes witches and Satanists come to your house? That track you down and, and they don't use a, 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 a yellow pages and they don't Google to find your address. They get it from a Ouija board and come to your house. I'm talking about living in that realm where you become not only a threat, but a triple threat. I'm a threat threat in the father. I'm a threat in the son and I'm a threat in the Holy Ghost. Can somebody say amen? But that's living a life in Christ. There are realms that exist. There are dimensions and spheres that exist. And if you're going to be a realm breaker, I could have called tonight learning to really be a realm breaker. A realm breaker. If you, if you don't learn to be a realm, the first realm you got to break out of is your own mind. This is not in my notes. This is just, I'm just, I told you I was looking for that vein. See, God has... A, a, a thumbprint, a DNA of architectural navigation through our minds that he's trying to work tonight. I might have something prepared here, but what I'm sensing, though, in the spirit is a lock block, a, a lock box on somebody's brain in here tonight. And I don't like it that I don't like it in the Holy Ghost. I just don't like it that your brain is too easily locked up by the devil, trapped by the devil. And your your pursuit of God and your progress, you go so far, then you get thrown back. You go so far and you get thrown back. I just don't like it. God said all things are possible to you if you just learn to believe. God said nothing shall be impossible to you. We live in the realm of possibilities, but our testimonies betray us what has God done this week what has God said this week what has God confirmed in a way that everybody around you knows it was God and if you can't tell me what that is consistently month after month after month after month then your testimony is betraying you it's almost as though God has become paralyzed by our lack of productivity. And then we live out God according to a paralytic state. Never growing up fully in God. But this is the hour when the sons of God, the true sons of God, are being manifest. Come on, somebody. All creation is groaning. And they're not groaning for a, a, a cure for coronavirus. They're waiting for the manifestation of the sons of almighty God walking the earth in boldness and authority. Are you the one or do I need to go preach to somebody else? Are you the one who wants it? Or do I need to go talk to somebody who's got an appetite for growth? An appetite for divine intellect. Don't put me to sleep, preacher, with a canned sermon. Go before the throne of God and bring me something hot off the plate that came flying out of heaven as manna from my soul that breaks me through into another realm. Ask your neighbor, are you a realm breaker? Embryonic 
paralytic states of being. And God is asking, are you, are you tired of being stuck? See, I can, I'll, I'll, discernment will let me look right through you. Discernment will let me look right through you. I don't have to walk through with you long. I don't even have to walk with you a week or walk with you two weeks or walk with you a month. All I got to do is just stand there. And by what the Holy Ghost has me say to you, it'll locate you. I, I, it doesn't matter what I want to say to you. It doesn't matter what, what, what Pastor Howard has, what Apostle has, what Doctor has. It don't matter what I have. But if you don't get something from God, you'll stay stuck. And when you get realm pierced, I'm talking about artillery piercing bullets. Can you hear me? In the military, have you anybody ever heard of that? They've got some rounds that get fired out of those big guns that pierce. They're, 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 they're tank piercing. Does anybody want some of that stuff? Come on. See, you're talking. You're, you're talking. You see, you're saying. You're saying. Does anybody want some of that stuff? Come on, stand to your feet if you really want some of that tank piercing, that armor piercing, piercing the devil's stuff. He's had it for a long time. He, he don't even think you're going to show up to the battle. He thinks that you're like the soldiers that were hiding out. And David, a little boy, had to show up and say, God doesn't deliver with a spear and a shield with armor. My God, do you know who my God is? David said, I got something that'll pierce your armor. I've got something that'll crack your head wide open. And nobody picked it as a battle weapon. Are you sure you want to be a realm breaker? Are you sure you, that's who you are? Give God a praise. If you know, if I'm speaking to your DNA, if I'm really talking to your DNA. All right. So then say this to your neighbor. I can last beyond one storm my church faces. Come on, tell me, now tell somebody else, I can last beyond one storm with you. See, see, if the devil, when you start doing realm-breaking stuff, it's going to manifest as some stuff in the church, and that's when you run. Because he pierced your mind. Come on, come on, come on. Can you say something? We're on our way to it. We're, we're in a battle right now. We're in a battle right now. But let me tell you something. God has people that are not backing up. Come on, they're not backing up and they're not bowing down to the idols of the hour. Come on, somebody. They have found their mandate from a place on high. Now please be seated. I got to just do one more. Just tolerate me. Tell one more person. I'm the one that Jesus said was coming. Come on. Those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I'm the one. See, but you know, you got to know God. You got to know him and do exploits. So what is hindering us from being realm breakers? What doth hinder you? What, what, what is it that hinders us from, you know, Frank Peretti said, piercing 
the darkness. How many of you read Frank Peretti's book, Piercing the Dark? All right. Can I give you a simple assignment? Somebody go get Piercing the Darkness. There's two books. There's This Present Darkness and there's Piercing the Darkness. This Present Darkness, read that one first, whichever one is first in the series. This Present Darkness and then Piercing. The, because really, uh, I'm going to be talking about going down that road. I'm not going to make this about demons and devils. Tonight is going to be about discernment. Discerning boundaries, bridges, and resistance for breakthrough. Discerning boundaries, bridges, and resistance for breakthrough. The truth about pulling things through. The truth about pulling things through. Now, notice, and I've got some of those set up on a time release, timed. There they come in one after the other. So, guys, you're going to have to stay with me here. So, Jesus leaves great tools at the discretion of the believer. Look at the scripture on your screen. Jesus leaves great tools at the discretion of the believer. Read this out loud with me as though, come on, with everything in you. Verily I say unto you. Okay, gentlemen, y'all going to have to stay with me. <laughs> All right, ready? Let's go. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever. All right, now, how many realms are on the screen, according to Jesus? Two realms. There's a realm of. And there's a realm of heaven. There's a dimension of the spirit realm of heaven. And then there's a natural realm of earth. Between both realms, there are dimensions of movement. There are levels of movement. The spiritual dimension, the natural dimension, the natural realm, the spiritual realm. But you have the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. You've got different layers within the dominions and within the movements, right? Can you hear me? You've got different layers and different levels of movement. Now, according to Jesus, he's given you great tools. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. I'm a bad somebody. It's whatever I bind. Come on, tell somebody you bad. Come on, you got binding power. Come on, you got... Absorb the enormity of that statement. Principalities and powers that are 12, 12 to 15 foot tall, whatever you're buying. You barely five foot five, five foot six, six foot one. If you're non so and <laughs> And Jimmy, okay, six plus. But whatever you bind, having authority to interfere with movements that come out of those realms, that's who you are. Well, Lord, why are they getting away with so much? It might be a discernment issue. It might be a boundary issue. 
it might be learning to discern resistance issue. That may be the issue. So tonight, I want to get at what the real issue is. Now, Jesus said, whatever you bind, so, and whatever you allow. So that's not just principalities and powers. That's some real whatever. So you might want to know, what is it in heaven that I can loosen to the earth? That I can pull it through. Come on, somebody, pull it through. Are you ready to pull it through? There's some things you have to pull it through. Sometimes there's healing. You have to pull it through. Sometimes deliverance. You have to pull it through. Sometimes your breakthrough. You got to pull it through. You got to pull it through. In the spirit, your weapons are mighty through God to pulling it down. Pulling down strongholds and thoughts and every imagination. I got power to pull it through and pull it down. God told Jeremiah, I gave you power to pull down and throw down and to tear down and to build and plant. God said, Jeremiah, I put you over the nations. I gave you power to pull down and throw down. Well, why does it need to be a throw down? Anybody old enough that you used to in the back before you was so saved? Anybody? Wave your hand if you've ever been in a throw down. Would you wave at me? So I don't know what you're talking about. I ain't never been in a fight in my life. Somebody say fight. I go, oh, no. <laughs> I, that time, I ain't got time to fight nobody for nothing. But you fought your siblings when you was little. So he said, Jeremiah, you got to throw some things down. Jeremiah was a violent guy in the spirit. He didn't own a Glock. We have no evidence that he walked with a sword and a shield. But God said, Jeremiah, you so bad. I've given you authority to pull down and to throw down and to tear down and to build and to plant. So Jeremiah, when he stepped into the spirit realm with the word of the Lord in his mouth, my God, he had power to penetrate. Watch this. From a heavenly position, he had power to penetrate earthly realms. But if I was asked the honest question, who's ready to really go there now as opposed to later? You say, Lord, I want to start operating in those places now. I want to operate in those places now. What the devil going to do? Well, listen, you got to get that out of your mind. That what the devil going to do? Why are you worried about what the devil going to do? He's worried about what you're going to do. He's hoping you don't wake up. He's hoping you stay asleep. He's hoping you sleep. The Bible says, awake thou that slumberest. And you weren't ready to wake up. So Hebrews 5.12 reads like this. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Now notice the requirement here. He says that because they needed to be reminded again, the first truths about God's word, the first truths in the order of God's ruling principle hierarchy, you need to be taught again. Now, notice what he says they didn't know. They need to have be taught again, which means they had been taught it and they forgot it. And when they forgot it, it no longer served them. When it no longer served them, they transitioned from verse 12 to verse 14. He said, 
but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. So they know they they sacrifice their maturity on the altar of preference. And when they sacrificed their maturity on the offer of preference and they did not take into consideration how valuable these first principles were, they then moved to the condition where they were not able to handle meat. They spent the rest of their lives until they had fixed this problem. They're going to stay on baby sermons the rest of their lives. They're going to stay in the kiddie pool the rest of their lives. Stay in the kiddie pool. They in Huggies, and they think they got NFL tights on. <laughs> Boy, you got a ballerina dress on, and you think, dude, you flexing. It don't work like that. Muscles in the natural don't work in the spirit. I'll tell you what, you're not going to print, you're not going to bench press Leviathan. <laughs> you can't bench press Jezebel. She's not impressed. You, you, what, 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 what? So they sacrificed maturity on the altar of preference. And watch this. The Bible says the only one. Now, what? wait a minute. According to verse 12, can they even have strong meat? Do they qualify to get it? I thought you wanted a deeper conversation with God. Do they quote? Do they qualify? Why? They don't they don't they they don't own the first principles because they don't own the first principles. They don't qualify for the second and third and fourth principles. <laughs> they don't get the milk. You disqualified. You, you, they don't get the meat. You disqualified. And when we go through testing to prove that you own the milk, you get offended. You trying to act like I don't know the word. No, I need to know what you know. Because we're about to get you in a big fight. But he said, strong meat belongs to those who are full age. They own the first principles, go through the processes. Now watch this. This is who by reason of use. What gave them the ability to handle strong meat? Number one, the principles. And what's the second one? Use. Use. In other words, they were in situation after situation after situation. And according to verse 14, some of it was good and some of it was evil. And they were in those situations that required dividing and figuring out what part of it is good and what part of it is an evil. And notice when the devil shows up, he'll make evil look good. And He'll make good go to the garden. He made good look evil and made evil look good. Come on, so he dressed it up and they didn't discern it. Here we are in the, in the New Testament, the apostles saying the same thing, that if you don't go past the milk, you're going to be fooled by the content of what's really in what's parading as good, but is really evil. Somebody say, test me. I'm glad you asked. Here's a test. 
How many of you feel like if I gave you the first principles test, you'd pass it right now? Raise your hand. I, this is the milk test. This is the baby bottle test. This is the, Ger the Gerber test. <laughs> this is the Gerber test. Who feels like, give me that test. I got it. I got it. I got the. I actually have the test. <laughs> Pastor Cindy said, I'll pass it. Shoot. I'm, I, she all crunk like. <laughs> it's a real test. So. I will, over the next month, Pastor Joshua and I are going to be working to put you through that test. The test isn't to trick you. It's to qualify you. So that you can go from faith to faith and glory to glory. And then you can go on and get your meat. Because if you're going to fight principalities and powers, you're going to need full. You're going to need all the spinach in that can if you Popeye. All right. So. Here, as you can see on your screen, if our principles are only our principles, if our principles are only our principles when it's convenient for us, when they align with our visceral and emotional responses, then they are, in fact, not principles at all. If what you believe to be true and principally worth dying for it's only true when it aligns with what you want to see and what you feel about it. Principles from God, they are unbending. They don't care about your emotions. They don't care about your family line. The principles don't care. They look the spirit of truth. And today we have believers. If I talk about your, your pigment just right, you'll pick up 200 years of offense. Because for you, it's pigment over principle. I know I get a little dicey here, but you know what? I'm not, I didn't come here to win friends. I'm a man of God. Come on. I, I preach for the kingdom of God. All you need is my pigment. And you want to ride my back like a slave while I help you kill 600,000 babies. Say the right buzzwords. I'm sorry. I cannot help you kill Jesus in the womb. He said, if you did it to them, you did it to me. Now, is that a principle that came out of Jesus' mouth? But it's not a big deal. Just satisfy my pigment. I have another preference. I know, I know. It's awful quiet in here. You know, I better preach a different message. You know, you know, I thought you wanted principles. I thought you wanted the ruling principles. All right. You want to get in some God logic real quick? This is why I don't care who you are and I don't care what your name is. Has nothing to do with a man named Trump. Has nothing to do with anyone that's Republican or anything else. When I read in the Bible, God said, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. God said, I'm the one forming that baby. How can you justify helping someone terminate the life of a baby that God said, I'm the one in the womb, fashioning and forming? And you tell me that's what you're going to do in advance? And you need my help to do it? I, I don't want God looking at me sideways. I'm not helping you walk across the street to hurt a baby. I got to back up from you. What are you talking about? In your Bible, 
Is it true that in an order, in effort to kill Moses, what did the what did the Pharaoh of Egypt do in an effort to get to babe the baby Moses? And somebody say infanticide. So he sowed death to the male babies. God said, I got a law and I will not be mocked. So Moses stepped out one day and said, yeah, you, you, you got all kind of power. You can kill the firstborn. You were after me, but I ain't a baby now. You missed me. I was in the bulrushes. God raised me up right under your nose. I, come on, somebody. Moses rode the dragon, somebody. He rose up in the ranks to be a prince of Egypt. And he rode that dragon until God said, get off. That's not your heritage. You got a Hebrew blanket that covers you, boy. And then Moses went on and he began to identify with his heritage. But when he got older, God is like, I haven't forgot that infanticide. You took my firstborn. What happened to Egypt? What happened to Egypt's firstborn? Firstborn. They died, right? You sowed it. You reached it. So it's not white man's fault that young black men are dying in the streets. It's not the white man's fault. God said, if you humble yourself and repent, I'll heal your land. Uncle Sam can't heal your land. I'll heal your land. I am your God. But you left me a long time ago in favor of pigment over principle. When did God say Uncle Sam was going? I thought he said, I'm your provider. All right, come on. See, I thought, see, you need, you got to have deep principles to divide strong meat. You can, this ain't no kiddie pool stuff. If God steps out of heaven and strikes the firstborn of a nation, because it's a national sin, it's a law that's passed by the nation. It's a national sin. I don't care if you don't like a man. I look at the laws the man's going to make. You got, I can't help you with no national sin against God. Infanticide. And when they came to kill Jesus, when he was a. Uh, God spoke and said, there are those that seek his life. Take him down to Egypt. So Joseph and Mary got up and took Jesus down to Egypt. Why? God was saving the baby boy from the infanticide of heretical pharaohs they had no problem killing babies oh somebody would somebody fight for god's babies god had to fight for moses and say deliver my boy from those who have no problem killing babies their consciences are so destitute of principle and they're gonna claim that i love jesus god said yeah you love you know you love pigment over principle i want to know why your prince your your preacher didn't tell you how i felt about it i want to talk about why your preacher couldn't discern good from evil they told you i'm gonna take a baby's life told you up front and if they are born alive okay you know what i'm a preacher i'm a preacher can you hear me i work for god you tell me in advance, if the baby's born alive, you're going to let them die. And you're going to pass, strike down the born, born alive bill that during a failed abortion, if the baby's born alive, that you cannot help it. The, the medical practitioners will go to jail if they help that baby. How many of you know I'm telling the truth? I'm just talking about laws that are on our books right now in the United States. You know what? I am. I'm going to say it. 
You gonna like me after I say it? You know it don't matter, right? Okay. They say, well, well, if the baby's born alive, if Jesus is standing there and someone says, I'm getting ready to take the life of that baby, and if it's dying on the table, I'm not going to help it. If Jesus was standing beside you with his eyes flashing like fire and a sharp two-edged sword going out of his mouth, how many of you would walk over there and help somebody take the life of a baby and you knew it? If Jesus was standing, how many of you say, uh-uh? No, uh, see, you ain't crazy. You're not crazy. You're not crazy. Now, can your best friend talk you into it? Can the preacher talk to you and say, oh, no, I thought you believed that wherever you get together in his name, he's right there. He was there the whole time. You, you act like Jesus don't care. He walks into the voting booth with you. And Jesus wanted to know, you putting principle over preference? Are you putting principle over pigment? Are you putting preference and pigment over principle? I better quit being so dicey. I got some stuff to get to, but I need to say one more. God brought a nation to their knees because of what they did to babies. Well, God ain't no one issue voter. Well, maybe he might be. What did he do to Sodom and Gomorrah because of one issue? Come on, give God a praise. Can somebody in this room hear me? You want to know how he feels, but in the same breath, you're going to say to me, well, uh, 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 God changes not when you want a blessing. But we in the New Testament, he don't act like that no more. Ananias and Sapphira lied over an offering on Sunday morning and didn't make it home that day. So you're telling me if they lied to the Holy Ghost on Sunday morning, Peter said, you didn't lie to men, you lied to God. The feet of those are at the door, they're going to carry you out. And they fell down dead right there. Do you think God cares more about that baby that's being killed? 70 million of them. Can you hear me? But preachers acting like they ain't got no sense. See, and, and, and because judgment doesn't happen down here, everybody think you got away with it. And if you help somebody do it, you need to say, God, forgive me. I didn't know. I was in the baby pool. I could... I didn't even know the basic principles. How was I going to discern that? They piled up 200 years of, 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 of mistreatment of black people on top of it. And I went, yeah, that's wrong. You're going to give me some money, 200 years of reparations? All it takes is a promise of some money and a cell phone. Listen, let me tell you something. Can I give you some eternal advice? I'm not going to hell for nobody. I'm like Evie Hill. What in hell do you want? Evie Hill said, I ain't going to hell. Say, why you do right, Evie? Because I don't want to go to hell. I, have... <laughs> I just can't go. <laughs> Some folks, one person told me one time, I ain't scared of hell. I took out a light. I told them, went and found somebody. I don't smoke no more, but I went and found somebody with a lighter. I said, give me a lighter. <laughs> I, 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 had to, I, go, I went through enough saints, and I found a saint with a lighter. <laughs> and I walked over, and they're like, I ain't scared of hell. I said, oh, yeah, you ain't scared of hell. I flicked that bick. I said, put your finger right in there. They're like. And after about a second, it's, 
I was like, oh, no, you ain't ready for hell. You can't handle no little flame. <laughs> that flame is barely an inch. <laughs> and you think you can handle hell. You better leave Jesus alone while you're ahead. <laughs> while the door to grace is open, you better walk through it. All right, let me get back to being nice. <laughs> I'm on the screen number. Uh-oh, back up one more. I did. I gave you the uh, signal. But when I look down at it, that's when we're good. So if our principles are principles when it's the elementary principles gets us past that. Can you hear me? The elementary principles allow us to discern good and evil at a much deeper level. I, I need to say one more thing since we're talking about the Bible. In the New Testament. God says about certain God preferences, sexual preference. God said they are without, somebody let me know you're reading the Bible. Finish that for me. They are without excuse. Someone say excuse. God said when they stand before me, they will be without excuse because what may be known of God, I revealed it in them and I hid it in nature so that what may be known of God even the Godhead and his eternal power I revealed it in nature so they have no excuse for the life of preference that they chose can somebody hear me he said so I turned them over to a reprobate mind a mind that doesn't know the difference between good and evil anymore that's a reprobate mind so we live in a day where preachers and ministers and believers are being taught to go reprobate to not know the difference between good and evil and they're on the edge of their eternal soul being damned and they don't even know it can i prove that to you for a second jesus said in matthew 7 22 and 23 this is not my this is not what i came to minister on Gosh. Some folk, man, they, 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 listen, I do you love Jesus in the place? If Jesus says it, I'm good with it. If Jesus says it, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. If Jesus says it, that's all I want, preacher. Just bring me what Jesus said. Whether I like it or not, just bring me what Jesus says. Jesus says things all the time I don't like. But I'm good with it because he knows better than I. He knows better than I do. So when we look scripturally at the Bible and we talk about principles over preference, principles over pigment, principles over personality. Boy, I tell you, all it takes is a good personality to say something. But in Matthew 7, Verse 22 and 23, I want to challenge everyone under the sound of my voice. How many of you promise me you'll go look at what Jesus said in Matthew 7? You, you don't have to read it right now. How many of you go read it? So don't go by what I said. Jesus said, in that day. Now, I'm going to throw some theological stuff at you real quick because we're meat eaters. We're learning to be meat eaters in the place tonight. Don't spit up on me tonight because babies spit stuff back up. Don't spit this back up. Okay, that's why I'm taking you to what Jesus said. I can eat meat. I don't have to spit up milk because I can eat meat. Jesus said, many will say unto me in that day, in eternity, when they stand in the judgment, Lord, 
Lord, didn't we cast out devils? We prophesied in your name. We did many wonderful works. And, you know, if y'all ever find a scripture, I need to talk to the sound guys back there. If you find a scripture on your Bible hub and I'm talking about it and you put it up there real quick, but you can get back to that. That's fine. But I can quote it. Now, watch this. He said, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord. We prophesied in your name. We cast out devils. We did many wonderful works in your name. He said, then will I say to them, depart from me, workers of evil. Wait a minute. What was evil? I told you, Jesus, I prophesied. I gave somebody a word when they were down. I cast out demons. You remember the girl was demon possessing. You used me to get her free. And Lord, you remember when you needed that orphanage built across town, I gave money to build it and I helped build. We did many. Jesus didn't say you were lying. He said, yeah, you did all that. Those are things I told you to do. Those are principles that I told you to do it. Mark 16 says that in my name, you'll cast out devils. And we're told by a Paul and Jesus that we'll speak by the spirit and we'll prophesy to people. Right. So everything that they said they were doing are principles Jesus told them to do. But it was a greater principle that got him. He said, depart from me, workers of iniquity. And they're like, well, what did, what did I do wrong? What iniquity I do? Depart from me, workers of evil. Then he said, I don't know what evil I do, Jesus. Jesus said, follow me on over to Matthew 25. How many of you go home and read Matthew 25? Look what Jesus said. He's going to line up the goats on his left. And, they, and he says, he's going to tell them go to hell. And they said, well, why? He said, because whatever you do to the least of these. Can you come up here with baby, Pastor? Pastor, can, Pastor Joshua, can you come up here with baby? He said, whatever you do to the least of these, you did it to me. See, in Matthew 7, he said, go to hell. And he said, you practice iniquity. They don't know what iniquity they practice. Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of these, you did it to me. That's the extension principle. You can't treat people any way you want to. Come on, somebody. You can't treat it. You, you, Jesus said, what you do to the least, you can you get any least than that? Then Jesus said, I was in prison. You didn't visit me. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. When a baby's in the womb, is it? Is it in a womb prison? The womb is a prison for a baby. And I know Jesus is talking about, I was in prison and you visited me. But then he threw that, but I was naked and you didn't clothe me. You didn't cover me. And they said, well, Lord, when do we see you like that? He said, well, when you did it to them, you did it to me. So I don't care who comes against. Thank you, Pastor. Can somebody hear what I'm saying today? So millions of people think Jesus got a short memory. And I say, look, that's why some folks, they won't, they won't even let me come back and preach. <laughs> How many of y'all believe that's true? They're like, we don't want nothing to do with that man. Is that man right there? No, we don't want nothing. In fact, I won't even let you lay hands on people. I won't ordain you if you believe in killing babies. I'm not going to let blood stained hands lay hands on people at the altar. You'll send a spirit of defilement through you. What are you talking about? Blood defilement. I, I can't let you do it. Come on, somebody. Is it time for me? preachers? It's time to wake up. So 
if our principles are only our principles when it's convenient, when they align with our visceral and emotional responses, then they are in fact not principles at all. So how many of you can hear what I'm trying to teach you tonight is to get your principles from the word of God and get it from Jesus and not from people. Come on, don't get it from people. Uh, you, I, you know, if, 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 if Joshua and I had a falling out today, which is not going to happen, but if we had a falling out, you can't make me not like him enough to break one of God's big biggies. That's a biggie. Now, I, I did promise you that I would say something here. We prophesied in your name. That is pneumatology. They spoke by the spirit. So they're not ignorant people. They know how to. They said we prophesied in your name. We spoke by the spirit to people. So is that an ignorant person? Or is that somebody that's biblically literate? They know how to give somebody a word. Come on, I got a word. They say we prophesy. You know how to give somebody. So Jesus wasn't talking about people that didn't know the word. And they said, Lord, Lord. So they were very versed in Christology. They knew he was the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lord. They knew that there was only one Lord and it was him. So he's not talking to ignorant folk. They knew about Christology, the study of, uh, of Jesus, the Lordship of Christ. They knew about pneumatology, which means speaking by the spirit. And they cast out devils. We cast What did they know about? Demonology. Oh, they knew they had authority over devils. And that made people looking at them think they were going to heaven and stay. No, you were going for a quick little visit, long enough to have that brief conversation. Depart from me, worker of evil, I don't know. I don't want that short conversation. I want to be able to have an eternal conversation with Jesus. Lasts a long time. I go over to the throne, get on my knees, cast if I get a crown, cast it at his feet, and then leave and come back again the next day and love doing it. Come on, somebody. And we'll all go to each other's house when we get to glory, and we'll hang out. But I don't need a preacher to lie to me and say it's not a big deal to God. You can give God a praise. You don't lie to me. Don't lie to me, preacher. Your job is to tell me the truth. Teach me the difference between milk and meat. These people that he sent away were very versed, very knowledgeable. All right, watch this, a check. So these are tools. I said tools. I'm going to go fast. So how many of y'all can hang with me if I go fast? Come on, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie in church. Come on. If I go fast, you come on. Because like I said, give it to me, give it to me, okay? Pretend you're at Papa Do's. <laughs> and you ordered the Fiesta Feast. You ready? How many of you have tools and you want more tools? The biggest issue tonight in the body of Christ, guess what it is? Discernment. That's the biggest issue, discernment. So sometimes, whenever you operate in the realm of the spirit, sometimes you might say, I have a check in my spirit. Anyone ever said that? I got a check in my spirit? Or heard someone say it? All right, how much was that check for? Uh, I needed prayer one time and I asked this minister, Pastor Sidney and I were going somewhere and I asked this minister, I said, man, I need prayer. I am in pain. This is years ago. And, and he said, he said, well, I don't feel led. <laughs> we were traveling on a trip between cities and I said, man, I am in pain. I need some prayer. He said, I don't feel led. I, and I, I used to keep a bullet in my pocket. 
So I reach, I reach in my pocket and I pull out that bullet for them, them many of the believers that were so spiritual to never feel led. They got to check in their spirit. So I reach in and pull out that bullet, say, hey, take this. Now you feel some leads. <laughs> Start praying. I need some prayer. It happened to be a young minister I'd been training for ministry. He don't feel led. <laughs> I'm like, you're not old enough to know. <laughs> to discern what's telling you yes or no. <laughs> so sometimes there's a legitimate check in your spirit. There's a reservation, a hesitation, or a lack of peace. You believe you're discerning a reservation, hes hesitation, or lack of peace. Now, this is low-level to high-level operations of communication with Holy Spirit. So tonight, I'm talking about low-level to high-level communication with Holy Spirit. Will that help you if you can learn how to go from low-level to high level communication with Holy Spirit. That's the help that I brought tonight. This is real help, okay? All right. A, the lowest level is a sympathetic feeling. This is the lowest level of perceived discernment. I perceive. Now, it doesn't mean you're right or wrong. It just means you are perceiving. And, and a sympathetic feeling means you identify sympathetically, you're not identifying, trying to relate, but you actually feel sorry for them. How many of you have ever heard someone say something to you and their story made you cry? And you just like, as if it happened to you. <laughs> Listen, now I wish it had happened to you. <laughs> this is, they, nobody ought to go through this. That's sympathetic. This is the lowest level. This is where most believers are because it's emotionally driven. It's emotionally led. It's the easiest to get deceived at this lowest level. The second one is impressions of Holy Spirit on mind or your body that you believe is the anointing. Have you ever felt something and you've said it feels like the anointing? I want to blow somebody's mind right now. How many of you have felt something? You've said, that, that feels the Holy Ghost. The right song, come on in church, and you feel goosebumps, size of quarters, and you're like, you get it, but you're feeling it. Oh, you're feeling it. Now, how many of you, and you feel like a, a whoosh go over your body or a cool, wave your hand if you felt that. He's like, I must be saved because I felt that. But I, I live to feel. How many of you feel that every day? At some point, almost every day. Yeah, I'm walking with God. <laughs> now, how many of you felt something that felt just like that when you saw a high point in a movie? And you went, come on, tell the truth. How many of you have been in Rocky and it's at that certain point in the movie or whatever movie it was? Raise your hand if you felt that. Okay, and, but it was a bad part in the movie. Even had some words that no Christian, are, and you felt that. And you're like, but I know that wasn't the Holy Ghost. But you felt something. Believe it. So, yeah, that's a real deal. So what does that tell you? That your body is capable of responding to out external stimuli, internally, internally creating that same euphoric feeling. How do you know the difference? Because it rides in through your emotions, right? Somebody like, oh, dang, <laughs> I got to check everything. 
And you think because it's a high point that it had to be the Holy Ghost. It might have been your, all right, watch this. And sometimes it is Holy Spirit. But as we go through stages of growth, we have to learn and be honest about figuring it out. All right, and here's the third one. The highest level is a still small voice in communicating with Holy Spirit. What's the highest level? Somebody shout, a still small voice. Come on, shout it again. A, a still small voice. Now, that requires learning the difference between hearing something that you perceive as being audible. And then you say to your neighbor, you hear that? And they're like, girl, you're going crazy. <laughs> I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> no, you're serious. You didn't hear that. I know it. I know, I know I heard a voice. How many of you have heard the voice of Jesus? Uh -huh. And you sure it was the voice of Jesus. Oh, I see. See, see, I love it. When people who are at low-level principles, they don't even know the basic principles. And they telling me, are they sure it was the voice of Jesus? I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I need to put you through a few more tests. <laughs> I'll let you teach Sunday school with a script. <laughs> but you ain't teaching adult class. Unless you in, unless you submit to the process of training, I ain't doing it. I ain't letting you. <laughs> oh no, help me, Jesus! <laughs> so, if we go to lunch tomorrow, we go to Pastor and I. We all go to lunch and we invite everybody. And at that lunch, it's impromptu, and I get to test you. See how many show up. <laughs> like that. <yeah. laughs> all right, come on next. Discerning and sourcing. Here's the first. Here is what is critical. Learning, the discerning, and sourcing, all right? So you got to identify the source. Now, this is critical, identifying the. Now, you can hear from Jesus. He does speak. He said, my sheep know my. Half the trouble I got into was stuff I thought was the voice of Jesus. <laughs> and then as I grew, I found out. How many of you got in a bunch of trouble thinking something was Jesus and found out, oh, no, Jesus, that turned into hell on earth. So that couldn't have been Jesus. Jesus like, I'm not taking responsibility for that. That was your emotions. That was your feelings. He looks so good. <laughs> I better go right on. She looks so good. All right, I'm going to go right on. Jesus said. The boy don't even know. Jesus. He don't even know. He can't even quote the, the, the Lord's prayer. <laughs> You're talking about Jesus, and he's going to be good. God's going to save him, and God's going to do it. God, you better let God do that wonder before you end up wondering. <laughs> Wandering, yeah. All right, uh, we're having fun tonight. Make them make go to church. <laughs> All right, discerning and what? All right, God's architecture. Here's God's architecture, the way God works. There are three different arenas here. There's demonic human architecture. There's God's architecture, demonic architecture, or human architecture. And it means the way people think. They have demonic thoughts. They have godly thoughts. Or they have human thoughts. Those are three different realms. So everything that comes at you is coming from one of those three places, right? So we understand that our own architecture is influenced by undiscerned modality handles. So I got some handles in me, right? Now, uh, I'm not going to throw my wife under the bus, right? But I got to say something. 
So her big brother, bless his heart, used to give her a real hard time. So to this day, you can't like confine her because he would hold her. And she's like, oh, so she got a deal, a real deal. Don't try to hold her, okay? Don't, yeah, you like that too. Like, don't, she, why you get so real? She looked at me like, like I was, <laughs> I am, um, no, she looked at me like, no, nah, don't hold me. You know, I might need to cast some out. <laughs> because that's what I sense the modality handle. And in other words, it triggers a mode of a way of thinking. And my wife will start crying. And I'm like, why is this? So people like that, you can't even play with certain ways. Because they have PTSD. <laughs> um, this is not comedy hour. But they, they, they have post-traumatic stress disorder because of what they went through. How many of y'all got some of that going on? That's part of your architecture. <laughs> That's part of your architecture. And when it really gets deep, some now this part isn't funny. There are people who have really been through abuse and they end up in the right relationship. And then the husband or the wife goes to give the other one out and they recoil and they go, what's wrong? Because that's a handle in the mind, in their architecture, like a, you frame a house in the architecture of her mind, there's a handle there and the devil can work that handle. What if the devil's been working our handle? On the job. Dealing with certain family members. What if you have grown past what used to be, but he's working their handle in an effort to trigger. And, 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 and as when you married, oh, because you know what ticks them off. I didn't I ain't doing no counseling down here, Angela Duncan. <laughs> so when you're living, when you live with folk, it's easy because you get to know each other's handles. You get to know each other's architecture, right? So sometimes now those are the surface ones. What about the ones that are undiscerned? You don't even know it's a handle. Right? You don't even know. And it's you, we've got to go through stages of growth to begin to discern those things. Come on, somebody. All right, next, the next one. So watch this. We've got the modality handles, the three H's. Everything comes from one of three places. They're the three H's. What are the three H's here? All right, so if something comes into your spirit or comes into your mind, it's from one of three places. That's either heaven, head, or hell. And hell is not going to sound like hell. It's not going to feel like hell. It's not going to look like hell. It's not going to be behave like hell. But the inspiration is still. All right, next. The adversary uses a passionate entrance and or a religious entrance to become Difficult to discern actuator. I'm, I'm going to speed past this. The adversary is going to use what? So he's going to hit you in your emotions, hit you in the flesh to get you out of the spirit. If he can hit you in your emotions, that's why you have Christians rioting. They got hit in their 
took them out of spirit and they took all principles from the word of God that says don't run with riotous men. The Bible says that, that God actually hates it in the word. And people will throw off restraint because they were hit in their emotions, hit in the flesh to get them out of the spirit and off principle. So you cannot have, watch this, you cannot have a principally defined conversation with emotionally driven people. You cannot have a principally defined conversation with emotionally driven people. Because the moment you start making too much sense, proving you're right, what are they going to do? They about to go off. And their, their, their emotional outburst is going to stop the conversation because in their mind, you still TT, live TT. They won't let you grow up. They've got to they put you in your place so they can control you with emotions. They're, emotional slaves use emotions to avoid honoring principle. And then you enter over into marriage and you marry someone who's an emotional slave and then to continue getting their way, they use emotions. It's not a principally, biblically defined conversation anymore. It's not even about principles of the word in conduct and how to have a conversation because they feel justified by their emotions. You're like, we need to talk about it because of principle. They're like, oh, no. I'm mad as a hornet. We're going to talk about it. And, and then all of a sudden, you got the volcano and the whirlwind and the hurricane. And you're trying to be peaceful like a dove. And then all of a sudden, why you're trying to be peaceful like a dove, but inside you're like, Jesus, I got one good nerve left. And she's been on it for about 15 minutes. Okay, and you know I ain't, I ain't acted a fool in a long time, Jesus. So deliver me. Jesus like, walk away. <laughs> no, Jesus, you're going to have to deliver me. I kind of want to fight right now. <laughs> so, so you, you have to understand that the devil is trying to use someone else's lack of principle to get you out of principle. Right. So that you can go backwards in your faith. So you go backwards in your in your faith and you're like, you know what? It's not worth it to me. That handle that used to work, that the devil used to work that handle because he knew he could always get defiled water out of it. He can't work it no more. I'm not polluted like that anymore. I don't have to respond. I'm not going to dignify your indignity with a response. Because I'm growing up. You expect a child's response. I'm not a child anymore. When I grew up, I became a man. Grow up in the Lord. I'm not going to respond that way. I'm not going to dignify the devil's intent to, to work modality handles. I'm not dignifying the devil. He can't use me today. Somebody shout, the devil can't use me today. He, he can't use me today. I'm sorry. And you, you, are, you, may, you may be the tool of choice, but it's not your choice. You can't trigger me. I have to choose to be triggered. But the devil uses passionate entrance or religious entrance to become difficult to discern actuator. Now, I want to show you this. Go ahead and put them all up. I want to give you the, the different ones. Mark 7, verse 9. Look at what it says. And he said to them, full well, you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own. 
tradition. What are they what are they rejecting? Is the commandment of God mean the principles of God? According to Jesus, why do some people reject the principles? The commandment of God is the principles of God. Why do they reject the principles of God? Because in our family, this is the way we do it. I can't marry you unless my mother says it's okay. Unless my father says it's okay. African tradition is the worst. I said, our, our taxi driver was driving us, and I said, I said, but, but what if, man, it got deep so fast, he didn't know what hit him. He was African, too. It got, it got deep fast. He's like, man, who's this dude I'm driving? <laughs> but some friends had them pick us up at the airport and take us to the next place, but it got deep. And I was like, wait a minute. Do you mean to tell me? No, I thought you said you love Jesus. He's like, I do love Jesus. I said, you do whatever Jesus say, uh-huh. I said, but if your mother and daddy say you can't marry that girl because they don't like her, even though you love her, would you marry her? He said, oh, no. <laughs> but I thought you said you love Jesus. What was he doing? Putting the traditions of his, his family and of his culture, cultural tradition, he was putting it above the word of God. So he's bound culturally. He's got a demonic handle that the devil can work and maneuver his life through other people's opinion all day long. And Jesus addressed and said, full well, you reject the commandment of God. For this cause shall a man leave your mama and your daddy so they can influence your decision. <laughs> and get with your wife. They are not marrying her. You are. That's why I tell some people the best counseling. I say, stop going to your mom and your daddy. Unless both of y'all agree. I'm talking about after you're married. You know, if, you're, if your mom and dad have some good sense, you know, talk to them about it. They go, warning sign. <laughs> Does he, is he still into this and that and the other? And you go, yeah, he's still doing it. Oh, at a warning sign, thin ice. So they, they're good for advice before you get married. But now that you're married... You better stop running down. A... Then your wife talking about what? <laughs> your mama ain't cooking for you. <laughs> your daddy ain't. No, your daddy ain't mowing your grass. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> so these are things you need to work out before you say yes. Let me move on. Make the word of God of no effect through your tradition. And then notice in 713, he says, and many like such things. The second one, many like such things you do. So it wasn't just tradition blocking the principles of the word. It was many like such things that were in the way of the principles of the word. So I want to make it relevant. What, are you, what is your such like thing? Do you know? Tell your neighbor, girl, I know. <laughs> I want you to start working out what your such like thing is that's in the way of Jesus fulfilling his, his will in your life. Then you stop trying to fix your spouse and you stop trying to fix your friend. Then your discernment can get sharper. <laughs> you know so much and your life is just as jacked up as mine. 
<laughs> Work that out. Girl, we both got problems. You know what? We better find another counselor because we are both messed up. All right, Mark 16. I don't know why we're laughing. <laughs> it might make the medicine go down good. Laughter is good like a medicine. Man, we're loving this, Laudanum. I mean, not Laudanum, but we're loving... We laughing, but because I'm we serious. And Simon Peter answered and said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus says in six eighteen, "You're Peter. Upon this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it." All right. In six eighteen, sixteen eighteen, Jesus said, "You're the rock, Peter." Right? Matthew sixteen twenty two, Peter takes Jesus and begins to rebuke Jesus. So he went from blessing Jesus. In verse 16 and 18, to now he rebuking Jesus. You got any friends like that? They turn on you just like that. One moment y'all having a good time, and the next moment they emotional. You know, they're like, <laughs> check on Mr. Hyde. Now he rebuking Jesus. You think he be loving Jesus. Jesus just blessed him, gave him the keys of the kingdom. He ought to be like, Lord, thank you. You gave me the keys of the kingdom in front of everybody. But now he done grabbed Jesus. They say, you're not going to die, Jesus. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> right there in Mark 16, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You like the things of the world and not the things of God. So Jesus went from blessing him in verse 16, 18, to when he get down to 16, 23, and 4, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. So how did Peter go from saying, thou art the Christ and getting blessed? discerning so what did peter discern of the three h's in verse 16 through 18 in verse 16 through 18 peter discerns heaven he discerns heaven who do men say i am and peter said thou art the christ the son of the living god and jesus said flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you but my father which is in heaven revealed to you that i'm the christ so he was hearing from heaven accurately and because he's accurate that moment, Peter's, I'm right, brother. Praise God, I'm accurate. All right, how you go four verses later, and now you're getting rebuked by Jesus and told you the devil. He went from being, <laughs> he went from being an accurate disciple and prophet and a, to being demonically inspired. So what do we learn from Peter? Just because you're right today doesn't, Say that. Say, just because I'm right today doesn't mean I am right tomorrow. Come on, somebody say, I could be wrong. So check me. All right. Would you look at your neighbor and say, check me, please? See, you're going to have to know, because if I got an emotional handle and you check me, right, I might give you a different response. So please, only if you mean it, tell one person, I'll let you check me if you remain respectful. <laughs> what she say? <laughs> oh, okay, wait a minute. After I learned them, them principles, I'll let you. <laughs> no, you let them check you. Husbands and wives is the most difficult ones to work with. We do we we be we do way less marriage counseling if we let folk check us. But if the person who's checking you has not 
just they haven't learned to discern their own handles they are going to check you from their preference their pigment their personality because they know you so this is really you got to really allow god to mature us in these areas all right so this is how we do it this is what we look for here's part of the answer we go by the spirit of truth and here's a question am i submitted a to the spirit of truth consecration drives demonic influence away the bible says submit to god Resist the devil and he will flee. The Bible says, submit to God. That's consecration. Resist the devil and the devil will flee. You didn't have to cast nothing out. You just had to. Come on, that's automatic warfare right there. Submission to God. God said, baby, if you just submit, I'll start fighting stuff for you. Submission has its own level of a warfare to it. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Because what? Why do you have to resist him? Because what's, what, what's he going to try to ride through on? A religious, traditional, preference, personality, emotions. He's going to try to ride through. But you got to resist him. The Bible says steadfast in the faith. J James 3.17. But the wisdom that is from God is peaceful. Now, give yourself the, the, the fruit check. All right. First pure, then peaceful, then gentle, easy to be accepted, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. It's pure, peaceful, gentle, easy to be accepted, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Those are eight. So when you are checking somebody, give yourself the eight fruit check. My bananas and pineapples and cantaloupe <laughs> and strawberries and is all lined up. Because if you get outside of this eight fruit check, what might you be opening your door, your door up to? Hell. And the Bible says the carnal mind is at war with God. So even the carnal mind is just as bad as a devil if it's not submitted to God. You may not be opening the door to a demon, but you might be opening the door to your carnal mind. And the Bible says the carnal mind is at enmity and war against the spirit. So there's two enemies there that you got to be aware of. One is not a demon. It's you. It's you not submitted to God. So sometimes I have to give myself the eight fruit check. I don't feel the spirit, but I, I know the fruits of the spirit. And just because you do the eight fruit check doesn't mean you're right. You might be deceived because you're imbalanced. <laughs> you're still a baby. You're still in huggies. You still don't know the, the, the principles of the first principles of the word of God. Right? So you ain't grown up yet. So you don't know. You haven't learned stranger danger yet. Man, I went, why didn't they teach me this a long time ago? You know what it would save me in years of my life? The word of God, the second way, the word of God in context and in balance and in alignment. The word of God is the next discernment tool in context, in balance and in alignment. Now, here's the third one. It says A, but it's not. It's a C. Biblical confirmation. I need to go by biblical confirmations. So it really is critical. I look for the spirit of truth. I must submit to the spirit. The second is alignment with the word of God, the spirit of truth and the fruits of the Spirit, then second, alignment with the Word of God, and then third one, biblical confirmations. Instead of A, that should be D. Biblical confirmations, body of judges. Let the prophet speak two or three, and do what? Let the other 
So how many of you have ever had a prophetic word before? All right. So what does it say you're supposed to do with that word? Let other competent prophets judge it. You don't get to be right in the body of Christ all by yourself. You just don't. And, and I know people who haven't been tested nowhere. They go, if, you, if you're going to operate prophetically at our church, and you, if we're going to take you through the stages of growth, and that's what Pastor Joshua's doing, and he's been in the process with us a long time, and then you go write your prophecy down, and you're going to put the date on it, and you're going to put the time on it. And when you start getting more accurate, then we'll let you do more. Well, I don't know if I can go to this church. I was there three weeks and had a position. I was there. I was there two months and they let me carry the pastor's briefcase. I, nobody tests prophecy anymore. Nobody tests doctrine anymore. Pastor Joshua, he said, going to set up a meeting and we'll come down and say, let's have a talk. We have a talk coming up. No, we really do. <laughs> that was real. <laughs> How many of y'all believe it's going to be a real talk? It really is. We ain't going to crack a smile. I might crack one joke. Because <laughs> I don't joke a lot. This is the most you've ever known me to laugh, isn't it? She's like, man, I wish you. <laughs> I had some handles. <laughs> All right, biblical confirmations. And then 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. If we would judge ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. But if you don't have the right principles in the right order, you judging yourself is going to be off. <laughs> All right. And then first Corinthians two fifteen, he that is spiritual does what? All right. He that is spiritual does what? Everybody look at that again. Read it out loud with me. He that is spiritual does what? All right. One more time. He that is spiritual does what? Well, you know, you're not supposed to judge. Jesus said, don't judge. <laughs> All right. How many of you have heard that or said it? Raise your hand if you've heard that or said it. You know you ain't supposed to judge. The Bible says, judge. How much of it are you supposed to judge? You can't judge me. Jesus said, not judge. I said, you, baby, you're talking to the wrong one. I'm going to judge you. I'm going to judge your dog. <laughs> I'm going to judge your kids. I'm judging everything. Your kids can't even play with my kids unless I, you let me judge them. And I'm not going to tell you I'm judging them, but I'm really judging them. How many of y'all tell the truth? Y'all judge other folk kids. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. The Bible, when people say the Bible say judge not yet, yeah, Jesus said judge not that you be not judged. For which what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And Jesus tells him, Later, you keep reading. He said, the issue is you have false judgment. So he wanted them to judge. He just didn't want them operating in false judgment. He said, and before you judge, you get the board out of your own eye before you go after the splinter in someone else's eye. Then you can judge. He wasn't saying, oh, you can't judge me. The Bible says don't judge. I'm like, that's not what the Bible says. It just says you better be right about your judgment because that's the way you're going to be judged. Obey those that have the rule over you. Now watch this. In biblical confirmations, there's an outside body, 1 Corinthians 14 at the top. That's outside. And then 1 Corinthians 11, that's you judging yourself. Then 1 Corinthians 2.15, he that is spiritual 
judges all things, so you're to judge all things, yet you yourself are judge of no man. Hebrews 13, 17 at the bottom. Obey those who have the rule over you. Watch this and submit yourself to who? This is biblical leadership. Submit yourself to biblical leadership. Why? Because they watch for your. And what does it say the these ministers and leaders and uh, Pastor Joshua and Crystal and Pastor Cindy and I, what does it say God's going to have a conversation with us? Who's the conversation going to be about according to the red in Hebrews 13, 17? When God calls leaders to talk to them, what's the conversation going to be about? About y'all. It'll be about the souls, right? God's like, you know, I don't want to talk about you. Let's talk about them. Why didn't you tell them? Why didn't you teach them? Why didn't you demonstrate before them? Can you hear me? So he says, submit yourself that they may do it with joy and not with grief. Now, why would a leader have to give an account with grief? Because somebody didn't do the right thing. So when we go before God, the Lord's like, let's have a conversation about Tony. Hope nobody's named Tony here. Let's have a Jefferson. Well, um. Well, Lord, you know that I did everything you told me to do and tried to walk them through it. And the Bible says there's going to be grief because when you are a mature leader, you can see what violation of each principle is going to cause down the road. Right. L let's say that your, your child wants to take the car, but you know where their ability is. Right. And you know that if they don't get certain things down, you know what it's going to cause down the road. You know, if they don't get a grip on certain behaviors, you know what it's going to cause down the road It's going to be unprofitable for them. So learn this discipline right now. And so you're trying to help them learn the disciplines right now in your teenager's life, because you know that, man, it's going to be some heartbreak down the road if you don't fix this. And this heartbreak is going to cost you years of your life. You're not going to be able to get it back. Some, some, some things that you, how many of you have ever tried to stop someone from doing something? You knew this mistake is getting ready to cost you some real estate. It's going to cost you some real estate. This one's going to cost you years of your life that you can't get back. In fact, it's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Right. And, and didn't matter what you said, they like. So there are times, let me see. All right, give, let me wrap it in two minutes. So there are times. Let's go ahead and stop. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, no. There are times in wrapping this, you're going to sense a disturbance. As your discernment begins to grow and you follow the principles, you sense a disturbance. And when that disturbance begins to happen, understand that it may not be a devil. You'll sense a hesitation with a person, a direction, a situation. And there are many factors to consider, but sometimes it may God may be grieved. When God is grieved, that means the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed. So people don't know that in violation of certain principles, God is actually grieved, but they don't know it. Have you ever seen someone doing something and they didn't know that it was really irritating you and they think it's funny and you're not laughing, but they're not getting the memo, right? You're like, they better wake up. <laughs> they better wake up. So you're grieved and they don't know it. Immaturity causes a person to not be aware 
of how grievous what they're doing is to Holy Spirit. Imbalance in doctrine, where the, the balance of the word of God is not there. They haven't been taught what we're talking about tonight. So they don't even know how God feels about it. They're on the edge of hell with a smile on their face and don't even know it. And they're teaching others to go there. And they don't even know it. And so that's a discernment issue. God may be grieved and issue a moratorium, which is a limit. And you may be able to live out and do some stuff on earth, but when you get to heaven, you get, you're about to have a conversation with Almighty God. You're about to have, you're, every one of us is on our way to meet Almighty God. The second reason of hesitation, maybe God's just trying to give you timing. He's saying, look, it's not a demon. It's not anything negative. I just, it's not the right timing for this. That's what the inspiration, the check, the hesitation just means it's not the right timing. Don't rush so fast. But what do we do sometimes? Because everything looks right. Until you get a haircut. And you wake up and your strength is gone. And, and all those warning facts, sometimes, sometimes it's a timing issue. Sometimes God is saying, I want you to do it, but just wait. Wait is not a four-letter cuss word. Just wait. Right? So God may want to show you what's an issue with a person. There was a man that there was a moratorium over his life, and God sent me to talk to him. There's only four of these. I'll end with that story. Timing, and then God may need to give you a more accurate word or detail about the situation. God is like, yeah, I want you to do it. Just wait until I give you a little more information. This is going to be critical to what you're going to be doing in the future. So I need you to wait long enough to learn these things so they can be added to you. It's like the little birds. You know, you teach, the, the mother taught the little birds. She said, okay, look, I've raised you up. I've fed you. I've taken you down the road and as far as I can, but there's one more thing I got to teach you. Let me tell you that one last. <laughs> Remind me of the little bird. I'll tell you that last. God needs to give you more detail. Or number four, it may be an issue of divine order that becomes critical to movement. How many of you remember the Ark of the Covenant? What happened when David was moving the Ark of the Covenant and the ox stumbled? And then Uzzah reached out. He touched the Ark because the ox stumbled while carrying the Ark. They had the Ten Commandments in it. And all of a sudden, God smote Uzzah right there and Uzzah died on the spot. The Bible says Uzzah died right there on the spot. So while they were moving the ark serving God, while they were getting ahead of God serving God, while they had a zeal for God and loved God, David, the apple of God's eye, moving the ark, all of a sudden they got out of order handling God's thing. This ain't your thing and it's not my thing. This is God's thing. And when he got out of order, Uzzah was killed right there on the spot, lost his life. So sometimes divine order is critical to movement or manifestation of the will of God. So God may give a pause inspiration. He's inspiring a pause in that engagement because corporate clarity is needed. Hey, I need everybody to be clear on what we're doing. Corporate clarity is needed. So you may come up with an idea. Let's do this in the church. Let's do it real quick. And pastor may say, hey, let's hold on for a sec. You got to say, okay. If God moves on your heart to make it okay, I'm good. I don't, don't take ownership of anything that's your idea to where you run ahead of God. Listen, sometimes God says, pause. 
because you don't know what he's trying to save you from. You don't know why he needs a pause. You don't know what he's doing. There may be something that he needs to add that can accelerate the growth. Pause. Don't be in such a hurry. Let, let God give more clarity when necessary. Or it may be subject matter. You don't have enough knowledge about it. There may be something with the land. There may be some, some hidden thing in the detail in the contract you don't know about. And that detail, a small print will get you. Right. It may be a subject matter issue. You don't know why the pause is there or holy nature. The holy nature of the situation. It's a holy situation has to do with God's government. And God said, learn to listen to my weight. My weight doesn't always mean no. It just means wait. Just wait it out. How many of us we got in the biggest trouble because we. Right. And so. Discernment tools and biblical boundary activities are vital for these three primary, for those reasons, right? And I'm not going to give you those three. I'm going to close up. So I got to tell my, my little bird story and tell my guy story, all right, the guy story. Uh, the guy story is um, number, can you go to the screen before this one? The guy story is Holy Spirit grieve with a person. So I want to make it practical. There was a man, this word of the Lord came to me, and the Lord said, tell this minister, he's a minister, and God named him and said, tell this minister, he was at a church, part of a ministry staff and team at a church in a different city. And the Lord spoke to me one night and said, tell that man that I said, he's a wolf, and I'm going to put him in hell. And he's a minister, at a, he's ministering and part of a ministry staff at a church. The word of the Lord came to me. Now, this is God's business, right? This is real, real stuff. God said, tell him he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Tell him I'm going to put him in hell. And I said, please, oh, God. And I began to plead with God for his soul. The word of the Lord came to me and said, all right, I will put an extension on his life. If you'll commit to pray for him for the rest of his life. I'll remove the moratorium. The moratorium is a limit, a divine imposition set by God. No human being can change it. It's divine term. It's limits. And you never want to do something where God puts a limit. David, you cannot build my house. You got blood on your hands. You cannot build my house. So the so believers are playing with things that have limits. If you keep crossing over that line, God said, how many times do I have to tell you? Stop. Now, I'm talking about for the mature and those who are crossing over to greater maturity. Because babies, they keep on doing it. But you notice when they start messing with electricity, you start getting more firm. They start messing with knives and going to, they start playing with things they shouldn't be playing with. So God said, tell him I said he's a wolf in sheep's call. I'm putting him in hell. So I waited two weeks and I called the man and said, I need to see you. And I drove to his city and met with him on a street corner. He met me on a street corner in his city. And he walked up and I said, this is what God spoke to me two weeks ago. I'm here to tell you, you are a wolf in sheep's clothes. And God said he's going to put you in hell. That's what I prayed for you. And if you repent. Now, someone said, well, if you prayed, Abraham prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah, if you could find 10 righteous. So God does use prayer. So the man said these words to me. He said, apostle. 
He said, two weeks ago, I was in prayer. Listen to this. He said, two weeks ago, I was in prayer. And I felt like something was wrong between me and God. And I said, God, if something is wrong between you and me, I want you to tell Apostle Hatcher and have him tell me. I had got the word two weeks prior. I didn't know he had a conversation with God two weeks prior. God, if something's wrong between you and I, tell Apostle Hatcher and have him tell me. And I led that man in repentance right there on the spot. And the requirement over my life is to spend the rest of my life praying for him. No matter where he's at, he's always got someone that's going to be praying for him, covering him. Because his life ended. You can reverse a judgment from God. But you have to make sure your relationship is tight. The little bird. This has to do with God's timing. Wait. Someone here, it's critical for you to understand how God works with timing. The little bird was... Flying around with his brothers and sisters. And mom said, come, I've got to talk to you. It's time for each of you to leave. <laughs> but I need to show you something. Come with me. And the mother takes him down and said, I need to show you how to survive a winter. You've been surviving because of what I do. Now I need to show you how to survive based on what you do. So she takes them down to the field. And picks up some hay. And one by one, she brings the hay back and weaves it in a little basket configuration and makes a nest. One of the little birds said, I got it, I got it. That looks like ours. And took off flying. And the mother said, wait, stop. But being younger and faster, she couldn't catch it. She told the two that were left, what your brother doesn't understand is that he needs the rest of the process. His house is not going to survive the winter. And with grief in her heart, she knows that that little one's not going to make it. She says, come with me. I'll show you what he missed. And she goes down. And she begins to find grass. As she packs between the twigs grass to seal the cracks. And that's when one of them said, I got it. That looks like ours. And was gone. And mom said, wait, no. And she said, one left. She says, your sister probably won't make it. The grass isn't the end of it. It's, it won't be insulated. That was just to block the cracks. And she went down and began to scoop beak after beak, get all as muddy as she could. Anyone ever seen birds go down and get muddy down by the water? She goes back and she daubs and rubs that mud all over, and now it's insulated. And she puts some holes in it so the water can run out. And the last little bird, mom says, you have my blessing. Now you know how to build a successful house that'll stand a storm and it'll stand a winter. 
Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them will be like a man who built his house. But it's built on his sayings, his word. It's time to go from the elementary sayings to the sayings that are mature so that we can build an eternal house and not a temporary house. Can somebody say amen? Please stand to your feet. How many of you think the principles, you can see how important they are? They're critical. Breaking into new realms is a little more difficult. If we're blinded because our discernment is incomplete. And tonight I just feel like the Lord is trying to complete some discernment. And I know that there's real help needed in the room from God. And I believe that he's clearing up hearing tonight. He's really been helping someone's hearing tonight. How many of you feel like your hearing has been really getting helped tonight in a huge way? Lord, you've been helping my hearing. Because sometimes we can, be, we can be deceived and not know it. We can be in error and not know it. We can be wrong and think we're, and then we think everyone else is, And God says, tonight is for you. He wants us to be able to build like that third little bird. He wants to build it, and it stands. And Jesus said, because you built it on my word, the storm came and beat on it. The winds and the rain beat on it. But it withstood it, and it stood because it was built on the rock. Jesus' word is the rock. Come on, Pastor Cindy. Say something that stood out to you, then we're going to pray pray over everyone. Amen. Wasn't that good tonight? You know, it's all about the discernment of the Holy Spirit, and there's so many keys and tools that we need to remember and allow to fortify our faith in Christ. How many have been shaken a little bit by all that's in this culture and every all the war, the culture war that's happening in 2020? It's nothing like we've seen or experienced. And there's a lot of voices saying a lot of things. There's a lot of preachers saying a lot of things. And it's important now more than ever that we build our life on the principles of Christ, not on any principle of any man, but the principles of Christ that'll fortify you. And the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will automatically discern what is coming out of the spirit, what is coming out of the mind, what is coming out of man's mind, even if it's a preacher's mind, and what is coming out of the spirit of God's mind through a preacher. So now more than ever, I just ask that you would allow the Holy Spirit Spirit to fortify you in his principles and in his ways and take this journey with him very intentionally, very purposefully. Amen. Amen. You know, one thing you, after what, 22 years of marriage and our, our 19 year old, we have a 20 year old and a 19 year old. We just became grandparents from our, our 19 year old. Isn't that good? I, I'm just a mess. We are just a mess. But, you know, when people say, y'all got a 20-year-old, and they look at us and like, yeah, yeah. But, you know, our desire and our hope is that our family wins, right? So we're going to pray for discernment tonight. Amen. Father God, thank you for grace in discernment and in hearing. Every emotional handle, if you are in this room and you want God to expose to you,
Every emotional handle that the devil has been trying to manipulate. The devil, you could see while I was speaking tonight how the adversary was getting away with certain things through emotional handles. And I'm going to ask you to give those emotional handles to the Lord. So if you have the grace tonight, lift your hands to God and just say, Lord, I'm giving you the emotional handles right now. I'm giving you the emotional handles right now in Jesus name. I need you to show me the ones that are so subtle. I don't know they're there. Ask him now, Lord, show me the ones that I don't know are there. The ones that trick me. I really believe this is an important prayer right now for someone. I mean, I sense it's critical. Someone here is really needing God. You're really needing God. to. to I, I, they're the devil. I, I'm just going to say it like I'm hearing it. There's a demon, a familiar spirit that runs through your family. And it has been exploiting you through your emotions. It's been exploiting you. And God is wanting to deliver you from being exploited by emotional handles today. In the name of Jesus. In fact, you have made some hard, wrong decisions and gone all the way out of the will of God because of your emotions. You were so offended that you just got out of the will of God. And God is saying... He's delivering you from that right now. Father, we bind that familiar spirit. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. That devil that has been, it's a real devil. It's a demon. It's a familiar spirit. I command it to go from you in Jesus' name. Even, even to the point where you begin to have irritation when the adversary whispers to you. It's almost like an irritation and a pain in your ear. It's like a pain in your ear. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I command that foul, familiar spirit to go from you in the name of Jesus. Go. We agree now before the Lord and we all agree and take authority over every familiar spirit and principality and power. We bind your works. We cancel your works. In the name of Jesus, and I declare my freedom. We declare our freedom from every familiar spirit in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, when that spirit came, I, I just really see when that, there's a spirit that, that came to take you out of the will of God. And as you just started around a mountain, and then just as you were healing from that, you went around again, again. Again, and it's been a pattern over and over and over and has been blocking your ability to complete things. It's been blocking your ability to live a solid life. Lord, I don't want to go through it again. Just transition after transition and change after change and trouble after trouble. And in the name of Jesus, that cycle, we break it. In the mind, we say it's broken and pulled down through our weapons. In the name of Jesus, you will not repeat that cycle in the name of the Lord. You are not an emotional slave. Somebody say this with me in Jesus' name. I abandon emotional slavery by the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name. 
Father God, thank you for deliverance from all emotional slavery. All emotional slavery. All e Father God, thank you for deliverance from all emotional slavery. You are the deliverer, Jesus. Send your healing like a river into this room, Lord God. Walk through the aisles, Lord God, manifesting your healing and delivering your people. Your children will be free because you are free tonight. Your children will be free because you are free tonight. Generational curses are broken because you are free tonight. Traditional curses are broken in the name of Jesus. Cultural curses are broken in the name of Jesus. And those binding family curses are broken off of you in the name of Jesus. Every patriarchal stronghold is pulled down in Jesus' name. And every matriarchal stronghold is pulled down in Jesus' name. My spiritual maturity will no longer be blocked. To the glory of God, I will grow up and I will eat the meat of the word in the name of Jesus. I will eat the meat of the word in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody say this with me. I will be delivered from false principles. I will be delivered by the Spirit of the Lord from preference and pigment over principle. In Jesus' name, I will not be deceived. Father God, we want to thank you. Come on, one more prayer. One more prayer. One more prayer. Come on, come on, one more prayer. Lord God, let me know the covenant that you call me to walk in. Hallelujah. Give me Give me principles for the covenant you call me to keep. Amen. Come on, somebody. Say that to Jesus out of your mouth. Lord, show me the covenant you want me to keep. Strike covenant with me, oh God. I'll do it, God. Give me true discernment to your glory. Come on. This is a real prayer right now. This Ask God for true discernment right now. Give me real discernment, true discernment. By your spirit, almighty God. For you are the glory and you are the lifter of my head in Jesus' name. Come on, you better thank God. Thank God. Come on, he answers prayer. Come on, this isn't a defeatist thing. I don't care what mistakes you made. I don't care how many mistakes you made. Jesus just cares that we get it right now. Now, I've been in violation. I got to admit. Lord, forgive me because I put emotions over your word many times. And you said if I ask forgiveness, you would forgive me. So, Lord, I'm saying forgive me for putting emotions over your word. And you promised you'd forgive me. Come on, somebody say that. You promised you'd forgive me if I ask in Jesus' name. And you're not a liar, so I'm forgiven. And if you forgave it and forgot it, I'm going to forgive it. I'm going to forget it in the name of Jesus. And I forgive myself for stupidity. Amen? Now, you're going to make it better. Amen? God makes all things new. Come on, Pastor Joshua. God makes all things new. Amen? How many of you want some new stuff? Don't go back. Let me say this. Don't go back. No, 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 no. It's not a pity party. I see through new eyes. I don't have a pity party. Come on, when you go in the pity party, in the time where the word of faith is preached, when God's word is producing faith, if you go in a pity party, it means that you cut off and rejected what that word was sent to do. Someone say no pity party. 
All right, so it's done. The milk is spent. It's already done. Now go on. Come on. How many of you can just go on? Go on. Don't don't punish each other with it. So you talked about me. Yeah, don't punish each other with it. Forgive your spouse and go on. Somebody say forgive him. I'm still working too hard. So I said forgive him for real. Give God a praise if you believe forgiving your spouse for real. Come on, give him a real praise. Put your hands together. Forgive him for real. Now tell somebody I love you. Tell them I love. Look at them. Say I love you. Say your huggies and all. I love you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Give God a hand to clap. How many of you are blessed? Give Apostle a hand clap. Come on. Amen. We thank God for you.